0: Well, we're going to have you take us through it. Uh, one of the questions I have is, is having finished uh, uh, pretty well the previous year at Muirfield. I think you were T19 at Muirfield the previous year, which was, I think, your first open. Is that right? It was. So uh, if this is true, is it true that Ben Crenshaw sort of had to convince you to come over for this one?
1: A hundred percent. And uh, he was, uh, of course, he and uh, Bruce Litsky, myself and Bobby Watkins, a few others, Jay Haas, we we're all close in, very close friends. And uh, Bruce or uh, Ben was always encouraging us uh, to experience open golf and, you know, links golf and uh heck we finally bought in and because it we were in an era where not everybody was that keen and quick certainly from an expense standpoint but just all you know it, it really encompasses a two-week buy-in as much as it does just a, a week to play the tournament so be that as it may uh we were we finally relented and and agreed to uh, take Ben's advice and come over and, and play. We all stayed together, which made it extra special. And uh, uh, I'm certainly happy we did because Muirfield, arguably one of the, well, it is way high on the list of open venues. But uh, I'll never forget, we stayed at Gray Walls, which is right there at Muirfield. And Tom Weisskopf and I had finished our round early and we're sitting there uh, in the in the kind of the gathering study area and gray walls. And he said, come on, let's go out and watch. Uh, Watson's going to win. Let's watch him walk up the 72nd hole. So we get up and we walk uh, and we get under the TV tower. And here comes Watson and, they, you know, the fans had already stormed the fairway. And he said, Bill, I'll tell you what. He says, you know, that could be you one of these days. You could win this tournament. And he didn't know it, but I kind of took that to heart, and I said, "Well, I'm I'm going to give it another try," <laughs> you know. So, anyway, he spoke uh, spoke confidence into me as a player, and I took it to heart, and I'll never forget it actually. But then, then eighty one rolled around.
0: You know, you're there and and uh, uh, getting ready to play your first round. I heard you almost missed your your first tee time.
1: I absolutely did. My caddy and I completely lost track of time. I was on the putting green, and a sports writer—I'll never forget his name, John Whitbread. He was sitting there, and he comes out on the putting green. And he says, uh, "Bill, I believe that uh, you're on the tee." And I look over there, and absolute—I'm playing with Maurice Bembridge, and I think uh, Manuel Panero. I think were my, and they're—they—they're they they're about to hit. And by the time my my caddy and I get to the tee, they had hit. And it was my time to. To hit off. Cheetah. Golly. I mean, you talk about good fortune. I mean, uh, by all rights, I could have missed it. so easy. Had he not come on the putting green, uh, like I said, my caddy and I had completely lost all track at that.
0: We hope you've enjoyed this short track of For the Good of the Game. And please, wherever you listen to your podcast on Apple and Spotify, if you like what you hear, please subscribe, spread the word, And tell your friends. Until we tee it up again, for the good of the game, so long, everybody. Whack down the fairway It went smack down the fairway Then it started to slice just a smidge off line It headed for two, but it bounced off nine My caddy says, long as you're still in the state, you're okay Straight down the middle, quite away.